It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank lost And this is why Blank lost Oh baby, this is why Blank lost Welcome to this week's edition of Why Blank Lost I'm your chicken-loving host, David Bloomberg. Did you hear that, Sia? I love chickens. Save all the chickens. I um, love chickens, too. I grew up on a farm. <laughs> love chickens. And they, I hate to say it, taste delicious. Well, no, that's not the part you're supposed to love. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I know. I Sorry, I had to say it. Other people were saying it this week, so I, had, well, I have yeah. to agree with that and assessment. they're not going to get the Sia money, and now neither are we. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was on the table, but. Damn it. Well, okay. So, yes, I, I love chickens. See, I love them. <laughs> All right. Anyway, as you've heard, uh, my, my co-host uh, jumped in there with her uh, chicken experience. Uh, we welcome back this week the uh, woman who knows how important loyalty is to David Wright, Jessica Lewis. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Bloomberg. I am happy to be back. And yeah, I do know a thing or two about loyalty, don't I, unfortunately? <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, did you feel a little deja vu while watching this episode? Because let, let's play out what he did here. David told Chris not to talk to someone. Chris did talk to them because he thought he could trust that person more based on his perception of their ongoing relationship. And then Chris got the majority of the votes directed at him at tribal council. Now, the mm. main difference I saw was that this time when David heard about uh, someone going to the other person, he not only didn't save them, but he joined in voting them out. I know it was eerily similar, wasn't it? <laughs> it's so, was that it's, because he learned a lesson? David was like, oh, I saved Jessica once. I'm not going to do it for this Chris guy. Well, you know, I don't know if it was a lesson learned, but I do still think that that David David has a very long term plan with everything that he does when he plays this game. And I do think that I was part of his long term plan, whereas Chris isn't part of that plan. But especially his, not now. Especially. But his desire to get Kelly out is, and in a very strange kind of weird way, that's what he's still trying to do. So mm -hmm. it's it's very interesting to see his mind work through these like computations, if you will. If I do this, what will it show people? And if I do that? And yeah, I uh 
Sorry, Chris, I did get saved by David and you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God I did. It was a wonderful moment. But yes, I I did exactly what Chris did. I went back and I talked to people that I had closer relationships with, people that I had formed kind of an alliance with, if you will. And or so you thought or so I thought. And that was, you know, Lucy and Sunday. And unfortunately, I was wrong. And uh, yeah. yeah. And Chris, unfortunately, suffered a very similar fate. Yes. Well, we'll uh, we'll discuss that more later, of course, as we get into it. Um, You know, while while I was live tweeting this episode, I had my most liked tweet ever in uh, summarizing the situation that occurred. I just laid it out there. And uh, I don't think this will uh, spoil the whole podcast by any means. I just said, you know, uh, David tells Chris, if you tell War Dog, the whole thing falls apart. Chris tells War Dog, the whole thing falls apart. Imagine that. Just simple steps there. But yeah, the whole situation reminded me of the original Total Recall movie. Now, do you, did you see this, the Schwarzenegger one? Oh, you know, years and years and years ago, I wasn't okay. a huge fan, but go ahead. I'm sure I can follow okay. along. So uh, Arnold's character, Quaid, is you know caught in this. Uh, uh, there's a big debate whether it was real or a delusion, but it was a delusion. And uh, he's caught in this delusion and they're trying to save him. So Dr. Edgemar tries to snap him out of it. And he goes in and, and tells Quaid exactly what will happen if Quaid doesn't listen to him, he said, you'll be the savior of the rebel cause. You'll have fantasies about alien civilizations. And well, Quaid doesn't listen. He shoots the doctor. And, and then the rest of the story is Quaid following exactly that path. So the, the, the rest of the plot of the movie was already laid out. Now, luckily nobody got shot here. Not even a chicken was harmed in this story, (laughs) but you know, I would say David's predictive abilities rank right up there with Dr. Edgemar. It really is a fascinating thing to watch it all play out, even though it it was relatively straightforward, like you just explained. It was this, 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 and that's how it ended. But there were a lot of people thinking things through and trying to make decisions. And everybody's idea of what's a perfect game for themselves is not a perfect game for somebody else. And Chris's idea of a perfect game and maintaining a loyalty with War Dog is not the same type of game that David wants to play. And when you have that war dog wants to play, right. But that's, that's the problem when you're playing a game with multiple people and those people have relationships with others, you have to kind of take all of that into account as well. And I think that everybody has their own idea of how that should play out and how those relationships should develop and who's going to be significant for their own game. And Chris assessed that war dog assessed that. And so did David. And this was the result we ended up with. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it's funny because I saw a lot of confused people on Twitter at the end of the episode, uh, which, you know, that's that's why we're here. Um, and, uh, you know, they were like, well, I don't understand what happened here. He wasn't even in the in the running and then he's gone. And well, I mean, that that's the point of this podcast is to figure that out. So just briefly, as a reminder for newer listeners, We'll figure it out by going through the set of rules that I originally wrote after the first season of Survivor, which I've been updating ever since, and look at how Chris did in comparison, using not only what we saw on TV, but outside non-spoiler information like web clips, Twitter press conferences, etc. And by the way, anyone who would like to can find the latest version of my rules at robhasawebsite.com slash Survivor 38 rules. Before we get to that, though, 
we have to talk about the prediction we both independently made that Aubrey would get voted out and how we're happy to be wrong. Maybe we inspired what happened. Remember, I'm always wrong. And instead she finds an idol. That's right. You went back in time (laughs) to cause this. Yes, I did. I did. I set it Um, in motion. That's right. And, uh, you know, so I was right. And I guess you were right, too, that Kama finally did lose a challenge. It just Mm. wasn't an immunity challenge. And, you know, we were also right about Hubicki's law because there was nothing in the previews. It would have indicated that Chris was in any danger whatsoever. No, there really wasn't. And and I'm really bad at predictions, so it wouldn't even matter. But yeah, it, it definitely, this one felt like a strange ending to this episode, I think, because nobody saw it coming. It wasn't, it wasn't expected. It wasn't necessarily predictable based on everything we'd seen, based on the game we had seen being played, and just based on Chris himself. Right. Right. I mean, it just took a left turn there, you know, um, but uh, but but getting back to uh, comma losing a challenge, I have to mention that Joe had a web confessional in which he said he didn't step up to try and take the closure role in the uh, the, the challenge. They lost the, the reward challenge on purpose because he's playing a different game and trying to downplay his strength. Well, listen, he did say he can't do everything in the challenges, right? God. Well, (laughs) apparently, I mean, when I watched that web clip, my eyes rolled back into my head so hard that I wasn't sure if they'd come back to normal. (laughs) I I mean, he has stood out in every single challenge. He really has. His tribe has won every immunity challenge. Some players on Manu are even calling it, quote, Joe's team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't care if he took the closer role. He was part of the group that was doing the wheelbarrow and they were way ahead in that part. Yeah. It's so he just has this perception that is nowhere near to reality that he thinks he's stepping back. Well, maybe. And just to give him some, I don't know. Let's just think about this. Maybe he really did feel like he was holding back. And his idea of holding back was I can, I know I'll, I'll nail every one of those those targets down there, but I'm going to let somebody else do it. As he said in his web confessional, let somebody else feel like the hero, even though we still lost. (laughs) Yeah. Let someone else feel like, you know, give someone else their day, their day out there to, to feel like they want it for their tribe. But maybe that's just his perception. Maybe he really is not being super Joe or amazing Joe or Joey amazing, whatever you want to say. Maybe he really is trying to, to reel it in a little bit. Well, in his mind, but that's the thing. He just has no concept of what's going on in reality around him. You know, if he thinks that, if he thinks he's going to hide himself somewhat because he didn't take the closer role in a reward challenge, he's just he's losing it. Mm. You know, there's there's no way anyone's going to care about that. Yeah. Well, his mustache looks better. I'll say that. Yeah, because it lost its curl. <laughs> yes, it's more of just a normal stash at this yeah. point. Uh, anyway, okay, rant over there. We can we can move back to Chris here because, well, the, you know, this is why Chris lost. That's why. But um, looking all the way back, and when I say all the way, I realize it's only been three weeks, but my very first impression of him was that he overestimated how much being a salesman would help him in Survivor, mm. and I didn't have a good feeling about him. Now, you might be scratching your head if you're remembering what I actually said about him in our preview, because I didn't say anything like that. Because what happened was I took in all the pregame interviews with him 
and completely changed my mind about him and even drafted him for my fantasy team. Mm -hmm. But that was my initial thought. And then I switched the other way. And now I'm saying, well, maybe I shouldn't have switched. Well, and it's interesting because if we look at the comparison between he and Joe, he came into this game actually talking about how he's the golden boy and he had to figure out a way to bring it down a few notches. And I feel like he did that because the guy that we heard in the pregame interviews and the things we read about, I had my concerns for him for that very reason. If he's able to do what he wants to do and know that people will perceive him a certain way, then he should do well. I think he walked into the game and he did that. He knew how people would perceive him and he realized he didn't want to be a 10. He wanted to be a 7. And unfortunately, I think him being a 7 might have been part of the reason why he went home. Uh, well, I mean, we'll get to it. I don't I don't I don't think that that necessarily mattered, but you know, don't want to don't want to spoil too much there. Um so we'll just we'll we'll head in that direction because when Rob was announcing the upcoming RHAP shows at the end of Know-It-Alls, as he always does, he's like, well, here's what's coming the rest of the week. He got to this podcast and Stephen, uh, he, he issued a challenge to us. He said that we had, we'd better come up with a better take than just that David said not to talk to War Dog and he did. Mm. And so I fully accept this challenge from Stephen <laughs> because uh, between in the few minutes between the end of Survivor and when Know-It-Alls records, he had uh, posted a link to his blog and I tweeted at him to say I disagreed with almost everything he said on that blog. So, nice. uh, you know, I, I think it's oh, turnabout is fair play. And, uh, you know, one thing included there was that Stephen said he's not sure Chris made such an obvious mistake because we've seen that Wardog and Chris have a strategic relationship. And last week, the vote between Keith and Kelly came down to their decision. Uh, from Chris's perspective, he said they're allies. So now we have uh, two things to deal with from Stephen here. Is Stephen correct? Or will we be able to point to some problems and give enough of an explanation to satisfy him? It's time to figure out why Chris lost. All right. We begin with the first rule, which is, of course, to scheme and plot. And almost every week, I also note that this is the most important rule. And this week, we can really see why. Because Wardog and Kelly went from wanting to get rid of Wendy because she was injured and an outsider to wanting to get rid of the strongest challenge competitor on the tribe. Mm-hmm. And what was the reason for that? What was one of the main reasons for it? Strategy. And we'll get into the whys of their decision in, uh, I'm guessing, Rule 6 and Appendix A. But this example just showed why Rule 1 stays Rule 1. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, moving on to Chris himself, I believe he fully understood the need to scheme and plot going into the game, which was why he thought he could rely on his sales skills to convince people to go along with his plans. He said going in that he wanted to get into alliance with loyal people who wouldn't vote him out right away, which is obviously, all, you know, a good goal. And it seemed like he had accomplished that by aligning with Dave and Rick on one side and Wardog on the other. Mm hmm. I do think, too, though, that he, part of his scheming and plotting, if you will, when he he was taking things again, I said this earlier, taking things into consideration. And he really struggled with this idea of not talking to War Dog because <laughs> of the relationship that he had with him. And I think that that's something that 
a lot of people who play this game struggle with because that that really does show who your loyalty or where your loyalty lies. And once you vote, everybody knows where your loyalty lies. So I totally get his struggle and I understand his desire to want to make sure that the relationship he has with War Dog is close. But his approach to it could have been different. Yeah, I mean, so he was kind of in this role between two alliances. And he said in the web confessional, he was weighing his options between uh, voting out Kelly or Wendy. And he came down on the side of targeting Kelly because she would be dangerous and a leader going forward. Now, I fully support his reasoning, and it made sense for him to come to that conclusion based on where he was in the game. The problem is what you were saying earlier. And again, now he's not he's not scheming and plotting in a vacuum. Right. Other players are doing the same thing, mm-hmm. and you have to take that into account in your own strategizing, which led to Chris clearly misjudging how strong his alliance was with Wardog compared to how much Wardog valued Kelly instead. Yes, and that, and I think it was maybe episode two when he and Wardog were having the conversation about Kelly, and it might even have carried into this episode as well, but that the fact that she's a shield for both of them and you know war dog kind of reminding chris that someone like kelly is going to be a shield for guys like us and he should have really heard that and said okay i understand how important kelly is to war dog for other reasons for different reasons and i have to consider that in my approach with how i talk to him about kelly yeah that's exactly it i mean you know, we're at home, so we can't say for certain how many signs there were that Chris should have seen. But you just mentioned some. And, you know, I, I feel like Chris missed the signs because David clearly knew that Wardog and Kelly were close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the main reason Chris felt like he needed to tell Wardog was he didn't want Wardog to be blindsided when his ally Kelly was voted out. So if he was worried enough that Wardog would be upset, well, that's that's a sign that he was pretty close to her. Yeah. And he, he just he he understood it from one standpoint, but not from another. Yeah. I mean, maybe his approach to War Dog could have been different in and, and the, the way the conversation started. It was kind of like, hey, what's happening and what do we, we you know? What's the plan? And I like the way that War Dog listens and then kind of almost has this like, well, I'll go along with whatever you want to do. It's like he. War Dog is taking the time to listen to what the other person is saying and not necessarily giving information to them. Whereas Chris was like, this is what's happening. These are the options. And and I think that that might have been a problematic approach for him instead of kind of just talking through the vote and then talking through the people who are voting. He probably could have figured out more information from War Dog about if he had any question about the relationship between Kelly and Wardog, that was the opportunity for him to do that. As as opposed to throwing her name out there as an option, just talk through the different players. You know, what who's voting? Who do you think is going to vote for this person? Who do you think is going to vote for that person? Because then at least you can kind of see what's happening in Wardog's mind. Because Wardog doesn't give out. I mean, he doesn't give much. He gives, we've heard him say thir- certain things about people, including Kelly. And that's where you really have to try to if you have any question, get a little bit more information and you got to do it in a different way. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, of course, all of this comes back to the question of should he have told Wardog, which takes us into the second rule, I think, because 
the second rule tells players they need to avoid scheming and plotting too much. And it tells them you have to keep your scheming secret. This is exactly what David was trying to accomplish in telling Chris not to tell War Dog about the plan. He wanted to keep the plan a secret so they could pull it off. And they could have because they had the numbers without War Dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's something that you could go back afterwards and say, listen, War Dog, this is what's happening. Like I talked to them. There was a plan in place. There was an idea. And I wanted to tell you and I was told not to. And because if anything, you could almost create a wedge in between War Dog and David by by doing something like that. Like I couldn't tell you because I was told not to and I didn't want to rock the boat and end up basically getting people mad at me for spilling the beans and telling people what's the plan. And I think that that would have fallen onto David as opposed to falling onto Chris. Right. And what made it worse is when Chris did go to War Dog was the way he talked about it made it sound like it was his own plan. From mm-hmm. what we saw, he, he didn't bring up David or Rick. He made it sound like he was the one who came up with the idea. And that meant when War Dog and Kelly decided to strike back, they had only one person to target. Right. Because he went to Kelly with Chris is looking at you like he wants to vote you out. And it, it was right. associated back to Chris and nobody else. Right, which is what allowed David to basically get away scot-free right now. And, you know, which leaves him in a better position at the swap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, this is one of those. And this, again, I know we talked about David earlier. What makes David's gameplay so impressive is he really does see the long game and how every decision is going to affect the long game. And what is a better choice? moving forward as opposed to, yeah, he wanted to get Kelly out and Kelly would have been a a great move for him and a big move and, you know, take out one of the people that he's most concerned about in the game. And instead he took out Chris because yeah, no one's thinking that David had anything to do with wanting to vote Kelly out and he still wants to vote her out. And Kelly doesn't think that that's the situation. So it is, it's a very interesting way to play the game. And, I, and it's a great way to throw the blame on other people without having to throw the blame on other people by saying that person told me. It just looks like that other person did it. Right, right, exactly. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. All right, let's move to the third rule, which talks about being flexible. How do you think Chris did here? Well, this brings me back to the golden boy comment. I thought pregame that he was definitely going to be flexible if he could pull this off. And he did pull it off, you know, because he didn't present himself as a 10. I don't think. I mean, granted, he's incredibly strong and and has, you know, a lot of social skills going for him. But he he didn't seem to be leading the charge and he didn't seem to be the person that uh, was running things. Unfortunately for him this particular vote it looked like he was but he actually wasn't and so he was flexible in his idea of how to play the game in a manner that was better for him but at the same time he wasn't flexible because he wasn't willing to take the loyalty that he wanted to play this game with and set it aside yeah i mean i i think he was trying to be flexible 
mm. which was why he wanted to bring up to War Dog the possibility of voting out Kelly. He wanted to keep up good relationships with both subgroups. But sometimes that's just not possible. Sometimes you have to make a decision, go with one alliance, and worry about explanations to others later. Like you said, he could have come up with something. It was a last minute thing. They told me if I told that, that if I told you I'd be out next, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And yeah. I won't I won't say it always works, as you certainly know. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> yes, I know. But but you know, it would have been a better option than what actually happened. Yes. And I do think that it's just unfortunately one of those parts of this game when there is so much happening and there's so much going on. And in your mind, you think that you want to resolve this issue and you want to resolve it right now. Like we saw David wanted to vote Kelly out and he wanted to do it right now and he can't. So he's going to do it later. That's what he says. Right. So sometimes you can't resolve those issues when you want to and you have to try to resolve them later. And that's that would have been a much better path for him to take. But unfortunately, that's not the path he chose. No, no. All right. Uh, the fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them. And leading up till this point, I think Chris had done a good job of keeping strategy and emotions separate. He, he, for example, seemed to like Keith and wanted to keep him around, but he backed off and went with the tribe at that vote. Mm-hmm. He, he even had a web confessional this week in which he said if he were playing emotionally, he'd keep Kelly because he likes her. But he's moving forward using strategy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that I don't think this was so much an emotional thing for him. I do think he struggled because there's a relationship. But I also think that was more of a a strategic thing for him and trying to determine where, you know, who he wants to play this game with. So I don't think he I don't think there was too many emotional issues that he was running into. Right. Right. You're talking about his relationship with War Dog. Yes. So, yeah, I agree. So I'm not going to ding him here for that. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so anyway, we can move on to the fifth rule, which discusses how players have to pretend to be nice and play the social game. And I, I don't think we saw anything to indicate Chris wasn't being nice, did we? No, we really didn't see anything. And also, interestingly enough, David, and again, you have to take what David says at Tribal with a grain of salt. But he said that he was planning on taking out the biggest social threat. That was who he was voting for that night. And I don't know if he was trying to, like, throw people off or if that's really what he thought about Chris. But Chris is clearly he was a likable guy out there. And he's someone who I do think was able to formulate relationships with people. And he he just he had a just had this, I don't know, niceness about him, if you will. So I, I do think that I do think that socially he was doing well. Yeah, it's funny because when David said that, at least what we were shown was a reaction shot from Kelly looking surprised. Now, of course, we know the way they had at Tribal Council. She could have looked surprised at something completely different. Right. Um, But if we take that at face value, then then she clearly didn't consider Chris to be a big social threat because uh, she looked like she was surprised that David would be talking about him that way. Yes. And like I said, David says things at tribal council that makes you scratch your head. And I think War Dog even mentioned that, too, that, you know, some of the things that David says really throw you off. And I and it it might just be a ploy to try to make people think he was voting for Kelly or make people think he was, you know, voting a different way. But but, yeah, I didn't see anything that would indicate that Chris had a problem out there socially with anyone. Yeah, I agree. I So, yeah, safe to say this rule didn't 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 play a role in him getting voted out. Uh, But on the other hand, we have rule six, which warns players they cannot be too much of a threat. And 
Chris stepped right into this by letting Kelly know via War Dog that he was targeting her. Mm-hmm. You know, Kelly's attitude, no matter who it is, is described by what she said in the web confessional for this episode. If you're coming for her, you have to go first. I know. And, She's yeah. so great. Yeah. Love even it. even prior to deciding to switch to targeting Chris, she said the same thing about when, Wendy, mm-hmm. noting it's kill or be killed. If you come after me, watch out. Yeah. yeah. So no matter who you are, you become a threat to her. You have to go. And that's exactly what happened with Chris. Yeah. And the thing with that whole issue there, too, and I know we briefly mentioned it earlier, is that it's like Kelly made that decision because War Dog came to her and said, Chris is targeting you. And then all of a sudden, Chris was the name coming up. And then it came down to David and Rick Devins to make a decision of who they were going to vote for. But that's going to come back on Kelly. It's not going to come back on Chris and David. So it's it's interesting that she does seem to be kind of leading the votes in a way, and especially this one. Yeah, I mean, she obviously was not the only person considering what to do. And, you know, but most of the contestants knew that a swap was imminent. And while it's great to have Chris on your tribe for challenges, well, okay, in theory, even if they didn't win any immunities, it wouldn't be so great to have him in the opposition. And Wardog shared some math on Twitter. Uh, he said that in a swap of 15 with three tribes, the odds of any given person being on your tribe is only four and 14, uh, which is 29%. So by leaving Wendy in the game, she had a 71% chance to be on an opposing tribe, which would make it easier for his tribe to win immunity compared to if Chris were on the opposing side. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's an interesting view on things and, and also one that makes some amount of sense. Now, I wouldn't recommend voting someone out solely for this reason but with chris's name already under consideration being a challenge threat at the swap certainly could come into play yeah that's a really interesting way to look at it and that's someone who's definitely looking at the game long term because he and chris could have potentially ended up on the same tribe together but to kind of protect himself he's thinking well what if he ends up on a different tribe and how is that going to affect my ability to win so i do think that 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 to me is a really incredible way to process this game when it's coming down to math like that. That's that's amazing. And that when that's your determining factor or part of your factor is if I don't end up on the same tribe, is he going to beat me when we have a, the next you know immunity challenge or the next reward challenge? So, again, War Dog is clearly looking long term just as David is. Yeah, and I was just impressed to see a law school student doing math because most of the lawyers right? I know say they went into law because they couldn't do math. Exactly. I would agree with that assessment 100%. I am not mathematical or scientific, but the rest of it, yeah, I can handle. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm impressed. Good job, War Dog. <laughs> All right. We can move on to the seventh rule and quickly through it because it talks about getting and playing idols and advantages and I mean, I would presume that Chris was looking for an idol just like everyone else, but we didn't get to see it, and the rule didn't impact his loss. Right. Uh, So we can quickly move on to Appendix A, which is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And a big part of this rule is that they should, whenever possible, vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. The question is whether the players believed a swap was imminent. And if they thought so, then... They they were right to not care about Wendy being a liability. And as a matter of fact, as we just discussed, 
it was even better for them in many ways if Wendy was a liability. Mm-hmm. It, it seems pretty clear they had to know a swap was coming. Several people on both tribes talked about it in web confessionals. And, you know, these players are just smart enough to know how things are likely to go. Right. And the other thing is, even if they were wrong and it didn't come right away, they could still vote out Wendy the next time. Right. And I think, too, the this when you when you're playing the game and if one and from the seasons we've seen, when one tribe continues to lose, the chances of a swap happening sooner rather than later increase. And it does seem like they're doing a swap sooner rather than later in yeah, as the season progresses. And so I, I think that that idea that a swap is imminent and yeah, I mean, we should consider that. And even if it's not and we lose again while Wendy goes next. So at least you've got a backup plan. Right, right. And uh, I mean, obviously, well, you know, it, the, these things are pre-planned, but they're not going to let it go too far. They right. just like switching things up now. And, you know, it 15 obviously is the perfect number to go to three tribes. And three tribes is awful. I mean, yeah. just because you have, there's so, so few like chances to hide when you have five as opposed to when you start with 10, uh, the fewer bodies, the much more difficult it is for you to hide. Right. And it's especially awful if you're in the minority, mm-hmm. which I mean, okay, it didn't work out that way on your season, but you know, it, that was some more math that war dog had done was he said the most likely situation is each of those tribes are going to be three, two with, uh, you know, um, comma, in in charge basically and kama has never had to go to a tribal council and so it's easy for them to stay loyal to each other if they haven't been pissing each other off right and i did end up on a three two swap with only two from my original tribe and so it's one of when you walk away with the new five that you have in your group you immediately begin to assess which one of those three can i bring in over here you know who who who's going to work with me and I was able to connect with Adam like almost immediately, which was great. But there is that there is that feeling inside of you because you know that those three people have been together playing the game the whole time. And sometimes the person, you know, is better than the person you don't know. And you really have to put a lot of faith into that new relationship that you're developing with someone and hope that they will be able to set aside the relationship that they've formed for however many days if we're nine days in at that point with those other people who are now in a five person tribe with you. So it really does make all of those initial relationships much more significant. And you, you begin to understand things about the tribe and the people on the other tribes based on the new people on your tribe. And so it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard because it's an unknown and you have to factor in things that you don't know. And you have to see well, I believe what they're telling me happened over there. So it's a lot of it's a lot of gossip, really. That's what it boils <laughs> down to. And you really have to try to parse through it and, and see and figure out what the truth is. Yeah. And I mean, you were you were somewhat lucky in that the millennials had gone to tribal council and Adam clearly knew he was on the bottom in the millennials. Yeah. Right now, that is not the case in comma. And, you know, none of them believes that they are on the bottom, except maybe Aubrey. and. You know, so they have no reason to flip necessarily. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we'll be talking about this next week. Who knows? Um, but yeah, going being in the minority against a tribe who has never even had to show who's on the bottom. That is not going to be a good place. Yeah. It, it, you know, no. for someone. 
not at all. It's it definitely once the tribal council really and Wendy said it, I think, in uh, uh, episode two, tribal council, that because her name came up in the first vote, you begin to understand exactly your place in the tribe. And so right. they've had that experience and the people on that tribe have had that experience. So it will be a very interesting eye opener, I think, for a lot of comma people because they haven't experienced that yet. And who knows what the breakdown will be. I'm hoping it's something really crazy. because That will be so fun. All four, all four returnees on one tribe, you know. Could you imagine? Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be anyway, so getting, great. Yeah. Getting back to, uh, you know, the main part of Appendix A here. Uh, uh, Stephen Fishback made the claim in his People blog that War Dog was 100% wrong to flip the vote on Chris. But the thing is, at this point in the game, the appendix notes that when a swap is near, it may not make sense to vote out the weak, but rather to keep an ally. And that's what Wardog did here. He made a tight ally even tighter, as we can tell by listening to Kelly's web confessional from this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely that that vote is going to be very significant for Kelly and Wardog as they move forward. And we already know that Wardog wants to keep her around as a shield. And he also has David. And he has Chris, or I'm sorry, he has well, <laughs> um, not Chris. He has Rick, and the. But you've got you've two. Uh, uh, no, no offense to Rick. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that he's much of a shield for. No, no, no. But here's the thing, and this is why I say that is that you've got David and and Kelly who are returning players, who everybody is is watching the returning players, and their names are except maybe David, but you still have David, and a returning player is easier to throw under the bus than someone who's not a returning player. And you know, Rick comes along with David. So, I mean, really, Wardog positioned himself in a very nice little group there with the with those three. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of, of those others, it obviously wasn't only up to Wardog and Kelly because the rest of them could have still voted out Kelly. Right. And we need to think about why they didn't. Well, we know from history and we've already talked about it today that David Wright values loyalty above all else. and. At first, I didn't really think this was a factor, but the more I considered it, the more I realized it probably did play into things. And, you know, OK, maybe if he had an idol, he would have done the same thing he did for you. But, you know, it, so he would have, you know, had had tribal council play out and save Chris, showing him that War Dog was not his, not his ally, but David was. But even that would have been risky with the swap coming up. It is just so much simpler to cut the person who didn't listen to specific instructions and save his relationship with everyone else on the tribe. Yeah. And I think the other big difference too, with my situation and what David was going through this time is David was kind David was in, kind of in the bottom of my tribe right. when all of that happened too. So for him to make that move before a swap, it was a great thing for him to do because he was gaining loyalty from me by making that move. He didn't need to gain anybody's loyalty because he has people that he can show his loyalty to in a different way. Right. It's yeah, that's exactly it. On your season, he was on the bottom and only had like one person he could definitely mm -hmm. count on by making that move. He gains another person. Right. So he's increasing the number of loyal people. If he did the same thing this season, he'd be decreasing the number of loyal people. Exactly. So mm -hmm. It makes sense. Cut loose, Chris keep everybody else around and ostensibly loyal and he's better off that way. Yeah, because he's just shown Kelly Wentworth, I'm with you, even though he's really not. But that's what she right. thinks based on the vote. 
So, um, you know, the funny thing is that Stephen even said that the tribe has to assume a swap is coming and that tribal loyalty is crucial in the vote right before a swap. So I, I don't know. Stephen seemed to understand that, that blindsiding Chris was a tribe move that doesn't lead to anybody you know, getting upset other than Chris himself. But as far as they knew, you know, Chris would never be a factor in the game again. So who cares? Right. And I do love that, that all of the people who are going back to Extinction Island are like, can't wait to see those damn fools again. (laughs) They are angry. I think it's, it's going to be so much fun to see this play out. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not convinced, but we won't go into it. I don't need to rant about it again. I know. I know. So. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So we have finished up the rules. Uh, Before I wrap up, do you have any final thoughts about Chris? I have a few thoughts about Chris. And I'd like to go back to something that he said in the last tribal when he was asked about why people were voting a certain way. Are we keeping the tribe strong? And that was the indication that Jeff was getting was we are keeping the tribe strong with the votes that we're making here tonight. And one of the things that Chris said is that strong as a tribe versus staying strong as a voting unit and who you can trust because you're at such a crucial part of the game strategically. And I thought that was very telling considering what we saw this week. It was almost like he was assessing the situation without even knowing it because this week, clearly they didn't want to keep strength. They were voting strategically and they were voting as part of who you can trust. And so I thought it was it was a great quote for him to make. Unfortunately, he found himself on the wrong side when we got to this vote that he was a strong player physically. And at this point, the tribe, it doesn't matter, as Jeff was talking about during tribal council, that this is kind of a where a multi-layered strategic part of this game. And, and they're playing at such a, a high level so soon into the game because they kind of have to. They've been to tribal council three times. And everyone's trying to feel everybody out. And I think that this vote really shows the change of direction that this tribe took. Last vote was about actual strength, physical strength. And this vote was about strength in the game moving forward and who you can play the game with. And so it's more of strength and loyalty. And I love that he's the one that pointed that out in the last tribal. And he's the one who ended up getting voted out this tribal. He was a surprise to me. I didn't think that he would be able to pull off this idea of being a seven instead of a 10. He came in really strong when he did his interviews with, with Wiggler. He had this whole conversation about he was doing it for Monica, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> so I was pleasantly surprised to see how he presented himself out there. And I do think that Chris could have potentially gone far in this game if he had assessed things differently and had approached, obviously, and we've discussed this war dog in a different fashion. But overall, Nobody saw this coming, and I do think that Chris never even saw this coming, but he found himself on the wrong side, and people needed to make decisions based on loyalty for numbers moving forward, and he was one number versus three other people for other groups of four on that tribe. 
So unfortunately for Chris, he got voted out, but it'll be great to see him help out Reem and Keith when they're on Extinction <laughs> Island. All right. So I mentioned at the top of the podcast that Stephen Fishback said, we'd better come up with a better answer than just that David told Chris not to talk to War Dog. And, uh, you know, that Stephen separately said he's not sure Chris made such an obvious mistake by doing so. I think we've shown that it was more than just the one reason, as it almost always is. And while it might not have been a completely obvious mistake on Chris's part, it was certainly a mistake. There was a reason that David told Chris not to share information with Wardog. In fact, there were several reasons. One is that David knows you have to keep your scheming secret. Two is that David could tell just how closely aligned Wardog and Kelly were, even if Chris didn't see that or believed his own alliance with Wardog was tight. He misread the situation from the inside while David saw it more clearly from the outside. I think by now we've certainly learned that when David Wright tells you to do something, sorry, when David Wright tells you not to do something, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Except yeah. if he tells you to put your hand in a bag of rocks. Well, you know, I, like I said, when he tells you not to do something. Yes. You know. mm -hmm. uh, so Chris showed himself to be a threat to Kelly, which meant she felt he had to go. With the swap coming soon, the odds were against him being on the tribe with any specific one of them. So that meant he could cost them a challenge in the future by being too strong compared to keeping Wendy around. And if David wasn't going to vote out Kelly yet and you know risk loyalty of others on the tribe, he didn't want her to know he'd been thinking about it because he might have to rely on her, Wardog, or Lauren at the imminent swap. Chris's misstep led to a series of events that turned everybody against him. But the other factors were already in play, and those allowed the dominoes to fall as they did. I know that Chris wanted to avoid blindsiding Wardog. Unfortunately for him, Wardog had no such compunctions about blindsiding Chris. And that is why Chris lost. Beautiful. I love it. Not for Chris. I mean, it's great not, assessment. Not so beautiful for Chris. No. No. So, all right. Prediction time. I don't Yay. even don't even talk to oh. me because. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, here's the thing: we don't know what's going to happen as far as a swap is concerned. Not right? a clue. I mean, if we're if we're usually shooting in the dark, right now there is no light at all. I mean, there's even less light than there was at Extinction Island when Keith said he couldn't see in front of his face as he was standing next to a fire. <laughs> You're so terrible, but <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah, I do think that. There's this really weird thing happening with Wendy, and I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. Because if Wendy ends up on a tribe with David, the likelihood of her getting voted out because of her ankle lessens significantly. And obviously, we saw her do extremely well in the swimming challenge, even though she has a busted up ankle. So I can't even say well, that. I'm, it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how busted it is because the previews, either the preview there were several previews that were released and she looked to be walking on it pretty easily. Now I'm right. not saying she can run a marathon in it, right? but you know, it seems to be much better. It, it absolutely does. And so I don't think that we can just say it's going to be Wendy because I just don't get that impression that that's what's going to end up happening because she's obviously still doing well in challenges and she's got David Wright who thinks she's the best smoke screen he's ever had. So I, I just, oh my goodness, I have no idea because we don't know where people are going to end up. Right. I mean, the other reason, there's another very important reason that I don't think it'll be Wendy, and that's Hubicki's Law. 
because she was featured in the uh, in the preview. Ah, see, so so that's why I think she will be safe. So, all right, we've talked about how the odds are good that the Manu players will be on the minority on any given tribe. So, if Kama follows their promises and they stay Kama strong, right? I think Kelly could be in trouble, especially if she ends up on a tribe with David. Yeah. We have seen so much leading up to this point. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. You know, one of two things. Either all that was leading up to this fizzles because it doesn't end up mattering and it was just all, you know, kind of a distraction at the time, or it finally turns into something. And I'm going to say that things finally catch up with Kelly, though. I mean, I'm not saying I want it to happen. I, I It's just a prediction. The only thing that could save Kelly is if by some crazy chance she ends up on a tribe with joe and aubrey and Mm. you know and then i think they're going to target whoever that you know other manu player would be just if if it is you know let's say it's a three two split but yeah i mean i i feel like she's she's had so much heat on her this whole time and she's going to be in a very vulnerable position but it all depends on the numbers and where people fall. I mean, and I do, yeah. I know that based on the web confessionals, that's, that is the focus that comma is going into with this, you know, there's, we're nine strong and we're going to go into things nine strong and that's the way it is. And we'll come back together no matter where we end up. People say that it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen though. And Julia was pretty clear in that, that she's playing for Julia and she's not playing for, right. for comma. So maybe people will end up starting to change their minds and they'll start developing other relationships. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think Kelly is definitely in the hot seat for sure. Just considering everything we've seen. All right. So you're, you're sticking by that uh, with me. I guess I have to, because I really don't have anything else to, to go. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be Wendy and nobody else really has shined a light on themselves as much as Kelly has. And when you've got a light shined on, you come a swap. You got to do damage control unless you get really, really lucky with the numbers. And I don't know if she will because she's got people targeting her from her own tribe. That puts her in a really, really bad place. Okay. All right. Plus, this way I can't, you know, uh, point and laugh at you because it's the same prediction as mine. I know. And maybe, but here's the thing if we can save Kelly by making her a prediction like we saved Aubrey, then we're in a good place. That's right. That's right. All right. So uh, as we wrap things up here, I want to remind everyone to follow us on Twitter, uh, where Jessica is at Jessica Lewis 89 and I am at David Bloomberg. Make sure to follow both of us so you can see the whole conversation all week, including my live tweeting during the Eastern and Central Time airing of the show. Also, be sure to check out the RJP patron program by heading over to robhasawebsite.com slash patron to help support all of the RJP podcasts and Take a look at the various Patreon levels to find out what kind of perks you can get, like special podcasts and videos, buff, spells, much more. Check out everything again at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And, uh, you know, people who have listened uh, before, you know, my favorite perk is the patron Facebook groups. So once you get there, make sure to say hello to us. Um, although somebody on this uh, on this podcast needs to uh, spend a little more time on Facebook. I know. Listen, I have to tell you, there's. I'm big on Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot. I have a lot of stuff going on with work right now, but I promise you I will I will put this aside very soon and spend more time on Facebook. I'm very close to being done on a 
very large, significant trial that I'm. Which is I'm, more important, criminals putting uh, them away or catching up on Facebook? Well, you know, unfortunately, catching up on Facebook doesn't pay me. Oh. And, uh, you know, I have to pay my bills and, and live and all of those good things. Uh, but it's right. it's a lot more fun, you know, to to be in that world because it's not well, so yeah. stressful. And so. Sure, for my mind, been on many Facebook great. groups, have you, if you think that's not stressful? Well, I don't get as stressed out as you do, I must say. You get into all of these feuds and Twitter wars. Into, and Well, Twitter, yeah, but not, not Facebook. Oh, but people are very intense, I must say. They're very intense. But that's great. I think that it's wonderful that there's such a great following. And I promise you I will get back in there. Promise. Yeah. And those, uh, uh, those Twitter debates usually aren't about Survivor anyway. So, you know. Uh, well, I didn't specify they were just about yeah, Survivor. No. no. <laughs> You know, but uh, but anyway. All right. Uh, so speaking of Twitter, we need a hashtag. And I did not have a good one coming into this. So. Mm, hashtag. Let's see. I don't know. I mean, I mean you know, we talked about loyalty more than anything, but I can't imagine that there's a, uh, you know, just that that, that isn't uh, well used out there. So. Hashtag no one saw it coming. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> nobody did. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, well, I think that's probably been used, too. I'm thinking something like, uh, you know, uh, uh, David Loyalty or something like that. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay. Not the greatest hashtag we've ever had, guys, but, uh, you know, it, it gets the job done. Hashtag David Loyalty. And, of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, YXLost. Uh, make sure that uh, you're getting all the Survivor commentary you can handle by subscribing to all the RHAP Survivor podcasts at Rob has a podcast.com slash survivor, or usually it's even easier on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the reality TV wrap ups feed in both places. You can find all the great RHAP content like the know-it-alls, the wiggle room, uh, the new this week in survivor, the RHAP B and B and more. Uh, so, uh, with that, thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does all the editing on the Y blank loss podcasts. Thanks as always to will from America for the theme song. And thanks to you, Jessica, for another great episode. You are very welcome. And I just thought of a different hashtag. You did. What is a better hashtag? Hashtag challenge accepted. I don't know what that means. Stephen Fishback and all of the things that he said. Oh, I think it should be Fishback challenge accepted. There you go. All right. So there's a better hashtag. Fishback challenge accepted. (laughs) You were very adamant that you were going to prove him wrong. And I think you did a great job. So I think we did. Yes, there we are. So. All right. And thank you uh, very much for listening, everyone, and for another great episode of what as well. David. All right. So we will uh, find out. We'll we'll watch the show. We'll see what happens in the swaps. See if our prediction is right or, as usual, completely off base. (laughs) And. uh, and we will be right back here in a week. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye bye. Survivor, and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.